Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 15-10-5, It's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McClain, and we're here to tailgate with you, doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For today's roundtable discussion, we have senior producer for BYU Radio, Cleon Wall. Hello, everyone. Or as he calls himself, the special teams of the crew. (laughs) And a guy who's becoming a regular around here, and really is part of the special teams, Johnny Linehan. Thanks Uh, for being here. How's it going? Good to have you. Uh, We're going to focus on what we're grateful for today in regard to BYU football since Thanksgiving was this week. How would you rank these three things? We're going to start with Johnny. Family, football, food, when it comes to Thanksgiving. How would you rank those? When it comes to Thanksgiving, football, food, and family. <laughs> My family is always number one, but around Thanksgiving, we can <laughs> we can jack it up. I actually wouldn't mind if the, the three Fs, the faith, family, and football at BYU, became more football-focused. So there you go. I'm going to set the tone there. Put the family to the side on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Focus on football. They know I love them. <laughs> Maybe BYU football needs to add food as the fourth F. Yeah, that's fa- true. I think faith, family, football, and food. Well, what's uh, yours, Cleon? I would, well, now, now that I'm married and I have kids, I have to go family first. Then I'd probably go food. And then I'd probably go football. I mean, my kids, they, they don't like football. So if I turn like whenever, whoever the Detroit Lions are playing, like that first game, whoever the Detroit Lions are playing, I turn that game and they're like, no, we don't want to watch this. <laughs> what, what's happening with the dog show? You know, the Westminster dog show. So I'm... <laughs> A lot of times I'll capitulate and I'll turn the it because I'm like your dog show. Go yeah. to somebody else's house you on Thanksgiving. You know what's funny about that is that that thing's recorded like months in advance, so I could get on and I could probably Google and figure out who won it. But for some reason on NBC every single year, that thing is shown, and in my house that's a big hit because the kids love it. <laughs> when I was single, it was definitely probably uh, I don't know. I'd probably say food, then football, then family. Mm. Okay. Not that I didn't love the relatives I spent Thanksgivings with. I, I love my family, but it was just like, oh, football's on. What's going on? Oh, this is what we're having for dinner? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was probably a little skewed if you wanted to say that. But Feel football free was to come to Johnny or I's house on Thanksgiving. Okay, just, if you don't want to watch my the dog show. <laughs> just ditch my family. That does not scream Thanksgiving to me. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. Uh, yeah, family, food, and football, only because I usually don't care who's playing that day. It's fun to watch. If nap started with an F, that might be number one (laughs) on Thanksgiving for me. All right, let's look back for a second at the Oklahoma game last Saturday. There was the frustrating pick six on the two-yard line that happened after the Cougars had been running the Sooners, just just running down their throats. Uh, The Sooners scored scored 21 points off of BYU's three turnovers, and Oklahoma still only won by one touchdown. So let's look at some of the positives that came out of that game. Aiden Robbins rushed for 182 yards, by far the most by any BYU rusher this season. Number two, BYU outgained the Sooners on offense and held Oklahoma below their season average of 400 yards to 368. We talked about that last week. If BYU could hold them under 400 yards, and they did it. Number three, BYU was three for three on fourth down conversions. So there were some positives to come out of that game. Johnny, how does that game shape your opinion of Jake Retzlaff? Because he did a lot of good, but there were also three turnovers that came by his hand. 
Right. I think Jake's going to be the hardest on himself this week, so I don't want to pile on. I think for what BYU is asking him to do, he's doing a decent job. I think if he played a little bit better, we're, we're talking something different and we're bowl eligible and we just knocked off the number 14 team. I think the positives for me are kind of Jake aside. I think the O-line stepped up a lot. Yeah. We, we speak a lot about the running game. Aiden did a lot of that himself. He was just an animal. But the thing that I liked about the O-line might be something that most people don't like. There were a couple of false start penalties, especially in the red zone, that were kind of, you know, it's the wind out of the sails. But yeah. I actually don't mind that every now and then because the O-line was moving. They yeah. were excited to go and hit some. They are excited to go block. So while the false start penalty, the one before the pick six, I believe, was a little bit of a wind out of the sails, oh, man, it was it was exciting to see the O-line actually step up and do something. So a lot of positives. Positive about Jake, from my opinion, this week was he's just more reps. If that's our guy moving forward, more reps in a season that's already written off. Yeah. I like that the O-line looked awake. You're like, man, yeah, it's exactly like you said. They're doing something. Mitch Matthews talked about last week. He said, even if you, you know, you're pushing it a half second after that whistle, but you got to be a little bit nasty. I feel like we did see a little bit of that nastiness against Oklahoma, which was nice to so see. So this podcast is making a difference. It is, right? We did they that. They listened to us. <laughs> we need that NBC thing. The more you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen to Cougar Tailgate. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually waiting for BYU to have another win. I mean, they better get it this week. Yeah. And then all the players to quote tweet all of my negative stuff towards them. And you know what? I'll be stoked. I'll be like, good. I'm glad I could fuel Thank the you. fire a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Cleon, what do you think? Uh, I think this is what happens when you have an inexperienced quarterback against, I, I will say, against good teams. I know Oklahoma's defense probably isn't the best in the nation, but still, they came up with the plays that they needed to play, and he, you're going to get some amazing plays from Jake every once in a while, and you're going to get some really dumb ones, too. I, I I don't know. I wasn't really surprised to see that they had turned the ball over three times or to see him play the way that he did. More than anything else, I think you just need him to do you, you just need him to take care of the ball. You want him to be aggressive, but you also don't want to be dumb while you're being aggressive. So by the way, maybe someone can clarify I, this is going to be a real nuanced thing because I'm not a quarterback. I've never played a quarterback. Not even on TV have I played a quarterback. But where he holds that ball before he let not before he lets it go, but before he goes into his motion, he holds that ball so low that I just look at him and I'm like, man, that's just it, – it just looks like he's going to be stripped at any time. His ass going to be stripped. Yeah, and he got stripped twice in that game. He needs to get the ball out quicker. Um, it's okay to throw an incompletion to prevent a sack. I think that's fine. But it's hard when you're in these right when you've played high school and junior college ball and you're like, no, 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 just give me a second more and I'm gonna make a really good play. And sometimes you want to say, no, don't do that. Just throw the ball away. It's fine. Just get it on the next down. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I you know, I think you're just gonna have to let him play. Kind of like what Johnny said. I think you're just gonna have to let him play to kind of play through his mistakes and to get experience. So I, I mean, am I disappointed in him? No, not really. I, I'm yeah. just not. It just wasn't unexpected to me. I kind of expected what happened in that game. Yeah. At this point for me, I like him. Like, it's not like, I love him, but I watch him and I like him. I like what he can do. He's competitive. He's athletic. And I think he's going to learn. So even after my heart stopped when he threw that pick six on BYU's two-yard line, Johnny and I talked about this before the show started. I was so impressed that he ran the length of the field to try and tackle the guy. To me, that says volumes to your teammates and to the fans that you're here to compete and you want to win. He's never going to give up. And that's one thing that you've we've seen in the last few games from him. 
He's going to keep trying. He's going to keep competing. He's going to keep going. He's maybe not perfect. Hopefully he learns and he keeps getting better. And I, to me, he's the reason the run game opened up for Aiden Robbins. He's got some legs that opens up so much. He made the offensive line look good, which hadn't happened all season. Uh, I was listening to, I think it was Blaine Fowler during the game, and he was talking about how uh, Jake Retzlaff, the way he moves is very convincing, and it was kind of throwing off the linebackers. He, he was, you know, making him think he was going to run or he was going to throw, and it was opening up big holes uh, with the offensive line. So I, I do like a lot of things about him. So we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. Okay, guys, should the fans be frustrated that BYU goes toe-to-toe with the second-best team in the conference but somehow could not compete with their last three opponents? Is that something that's frustrating for you as a fan, Johnny? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Th- this was the worst possible thing that could happen. A win actually wouldn't have been as bad, clearly. But just to show we can compete, yeah. we probably should have won, but then we go and lay a goose egg against these other teams that we definitely should have competed with, if not won. So absolutely huge frustrations. I think BYU has the power. You obviously see they can coach these games and they can win these games. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think BYU did anything crazy different. There are a few other trick plays, but most of those got shut down really right. this last week. It's just we can do it. We just need to go and do it. The mindset needs to be there every week, regardless of the opponent. So frustration's at an all-time high, but so is my love for the team. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. It seems like Aaron Roderick coaches a dual-threat quarterback a little bit better than a pro-style quarterback. That was just from from me, again, not being a coach. This is just me from a a fan perspective. It looks like the play calling – I mean, people, you could argue argue besides the RPO <laughs> right there on the two-yard line. Besides that, I, I love the play calling. I love that BOU was just moving the ball. Um, so that was such a bright spot. Were you frustrated by that? No. Cleon? No, I mean, me personally, no. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I guess for me, I'm just like, you, you get up for – sometimes you just get up for big games. And I think they see what's ahead of them. They're like, well, we've only got two more games. Oklahoma's a big name. Maybe the players themselves are, are getting up from I, I, I don't know. I think there were other mitigating factors in those other three losses that you can pin and say, yeah, the reason why they didn't play very well. And I think that I'm not as frustrated, I guess. I, I, I was actually more encouraged by the end of the game, just like, oh, look, they've got life in them. Hey, that's good. Good going into the last two games of the season. You want to see that. So... I guess for me, I wasn't as frustrated saying, man, what happened to that West Virginia game? I mean, if you went back to that West Virginia game, you could see what happened. They just got run all over mm-hmm. by West Virginia's offense. And you could say, well, but West Virginia doing that. There, there are a lot of other factors in that. So every week's a little bit different. So I'm not as frustrated as maybe other fans are out there. Today's fan- Even keel. Even keel. That's that's my motto. <laughs> I wish keel. I was you. I wish I was you. <laughs> Moderate, Wait, it ruins hold, my entire weekend. But hold on, hold on. <laughs> Moderation and all e- things. Even keel on Monday. Saturday, a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just I hate that there's only one game left in the season. I think that's what's frustrating is you do see some some light in the eyes of these players that you haven't seen for the last handful of games, and you're like, oh, there's only one game left in the season. And I think that's what's frustrating about seeing how well they played besides the turnovers against Oklahoma. All right, today's fan question is, what are you thankful for with BYU football? We're going positive today. Uh, Here are some responses on X. David Hammond said, uh, the only good thing was being in the Big 12. (laughs) I said we were going to start positive, but uh, David, you ruined that. Uh, I think there were that's positive, right? They're still in the Big Twelve. They are. 12. Yeah, they're in the Big Twelve. And if that's the only thing, that's 
something. Yeah, sure. I'll go with that. Yeah. Texas Coog on X said, drove with my 13-year-old son from Dallas to Fayetteville for the Arkansas game. Saw an incredible matchup in an amazing SEC venue. I'm grateful I got to go to the best BYU performance of the season. That was a great one. Would you agree that Arkansas was probably their best performance of the season? Yeah. Definitely. Yep. I'm going to go with yes, too. Johnny, what are you grateful for when it comes to BYU football? Two two things. I'll start with one because then they'll hate the second one. <laughs> the first thing I'm thankful for are the fans. Yeah. I think BYU has some great fans. I think they have some crazy fans, but you love the crazy fans. Yep. Right? Not necessarily the fans that the second there's a bad play or a bad game, we're fire, fire, fire everybody, but the fans that are continually going to show up week in, week out, mm-hmm. right? Rain or snow. Yep. And we've had a couple of those cold games back to back. But at 10 a.m., there was a lot of fans there. There was a big energy there as well. And I felt that. I think the players felt that they fit off it. Last week, Mitch said, look at the sideline. You watched the sideline last game. It was on fire. Yeah. That's probably the most disappointing thing because everything was there except yep. maybe one or two other players. But the fans, absolutely thankful for the fans. The second thing, fans might not like this, is the players that BYU is building Listening, I always like listening to the post-game show uh, from Greg Rubel afterwards on the drive home and listening to the players. Often it frustrates me after a loss when the players are like, oh, it's okay, you know, <laughs> we're trying to be better people. I'm like, no, just be better, but win a football game, then go to church the next game. Smash them in the face on Saturday, then ask for forgiveness the next day on Sunday. But you, you listen to Jake, you listen to Cody Epps. They're better people than I could ever <laughs> hope to be because of their perspective on things. So the culture that Kalani's building, at least from a people-building perspective, I'm actually very grateful because football is four or five, maybe with the you know NIL COVID years, six or seven years. Yeah. But it's a small fraction of people's lives. It means a lot to us. It should. But the people that, that these players are becoming under Coach Sataki, I think, is the most important thing, and I'm grateful for that. I love that. I actually really love that perspective because I listen to the post-game show as well. And and I'm just listening to Jake, and they're like, hey, so why'd you uh, throw that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I can't imagine right after the game, you're already so down on yourself. And he gives a fantastic response. Just And, and Cody Epps, the same thing. Just just phenomenal people, so I really like that perspective. What are you grateful for, Cleon, when it comes to BYU football? I am thankful for games that matter to this team. I, I Okay, so now, can I go off on a little rant? I'm going to do that right now. One of the things I really hated, and Johnny can speak to this because he played during the Independence Era, okay? One of the things that really bugged me during the Independence Era is after BYU would lose their first game of the season, you'd hear from these fans or I, whoever it is out there that would say, well, season's over now. Nothing to play for because we're not in a conference. And I'm like, what about pride? What about you just want to beat the next team out there? What about we're building to something in the future? It just used to bug bug me that it was just like, we're in independence. We lost. We can't play for a national championship now. Nothing matters anymore. It's like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of other things out there, too, that you want to play for. So I'm thankful for games. I'll say this to the fans. So I'm thankful that there are actual games that fans can care about because they're in a conference and players can care about because they're in a conference and they could potentially win a conference championship. I'm thankful that four Pac-12 schools are joining the conference so that Utah and BYU, or Utah BYU fans can travel to some 
uh, away games in their car. They don't have to fly. Maybe they can just drive to Boulder or, hey, Salt Lake City. Speaking of that, I'm thankful Utah's joining the Big 12. I know Lauren doesn't agree with me on that, but, uh, you know, I don't care what Lauren said, thinks about that. So <laughs> I'm grateful that. I'm Thank thankful you. for the B- the Big 12 basketball se- Oh, wait, you said football season. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. We won't talk about the basketball season right now. <laughs> uh, I'm also thankful for the season. No matter what happens, this gives BYU a compass to where they need to go in the future. So I'm thankful for that, too. Cleon, I'm going to play off what you said. I'm thankful that Utah also lost on Saturday against uh, Arizona. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm one of those petty fans. I totally am. And I know somebody out there can relate to me. I don't care that much. But it does make you feel a little bit better when Utah gets, can I say spanked on BYU Radio? When Utah gets spanked by a team, especially another one that's coming in the Big 12, when they think they're just going to come run the table. Right, Johnny? Come on, you're with me. Oh, absolutely. you got to be. I actually, I actually don't dislike Utah because of the players or yeah, the coaches. Same. I actually like the players and the coaches. I dislike Utah because I love seeing what it does to their fans. <laughs> so that's actually why I hope they lose every game. This year it's been a little bit easier, still hard to actually root for the team because of how riddled with injuries they are. Right. But you still love to see the meltdown on social media from some of their more vocal fans. <laughs> 100%. I have no beef with the with the players. <laughs> love Kyle Whittingham and what he's done with the program. It's the fans. And you know they think exactly the oh, same 100%. way about BYU. But that's so, the rivalry. That's it why it's is. beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, I am with Johnny. I'm thankful for the loyal fans, truly, because – Rain or shine, win or lose, BYU is going to have an incredible fan base, even though I was a little disappointed the Rock section wasn't up to the very tippy-top against Oklahoma. But I think they have some incredible fans. I'm thankful for the players that continue to choose BYU despite the ups and downs because I truly believe it's a special place to be, and I know there's always going to be uh, BYU players, despite even down years like this, they're going to choose BYU, so I'm grateful for them. And I'm thankful for the Big 12 Despite the heartache and losses, this year has been so much fun. It's been the best November schedule BYU has ever had, and I think ever. And that's how it's going to be year in and year out, and that is something that's exciting to me. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to play a quick game of buy or sell. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Johnny Linehan and Cleon Wall. BYU has not won a single road game in conference this season, and the Cougars have also lost every conference road game by double gi- digits. Vegas currently has BYU as a 17-point underdog against Oklahoma State. What's going to be the key for BYU to pull off the upset on Saturday? Let's start with Cleon. Uh, keeping the ball away from Oklahoma State? That's yeah. That's my key to the game. I'm... <laughs> I mean, Ollie Gordon is a really good running back, 1,449 yards. He's averaging almost seven yards a carry. That's that's a lot. He could run BYU into the ground if he's given a chance. So maybe BYU slows them down by just holding it a little bit more on offense, maybe not being in a rush to get that playoff, you know, just keeping it away from Oklahoma State's offense because it can be explosive. They were down uh, against Houston Uh, by double digits in their game, and then they came back and won by double digits in that game at Houston. So they're thinking, we want to win because we want to go to the Big 12 championship game. All they have to do is really hand it off to Ollie Gordon. They'll probably be good. So I think they have to try and keep it away from Oklahoma State's offense as much as possible, or the alternative is just let them score as much as possible, and maybe you can just do a shootout with them. Yeah, that's probably not going to work. I'll say keep it away from them. Okay. What do you think, Johnny? 17 points. I had no idea. Man. Yep. 
Maybe I should go into gambling. I feel like <laughs> maybe it would be lucrative, right? Maybe well, this pay... is a game that beat – this is a team that beat Oklahoma, though. Right, right. But then who, who did they lay an egg against, though? UCF. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it could it could go either way, right? Uh, if you pay an extra percent on your tithing of gambling – anyway, we're, <laughs> we, we could probably make that work. No, it's, it's win the turnover battle. Yep. And you have to win it, not just not just stay net-net. You have to win it. So similar to what Cleon was saying, don't turn the ball over, but the defense is going to have to get some takeaways, which we haven't seen lately. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what I think. Honestly, do what you did against Oklahoma, except don't turn the ball over and create some sort of turnovers. I think they, they have to do it. They played solid against the Sooners. So on the offensive side, there has to be a balance of taking care of the ball and laying it all out there, I don't know how you do that. Because I know when you're taking risks on offense, you could possibly have some turnovers. But I feel like they can't play it safe. It's one of those games, again, you got nothing to lose, just like against Oklahoma. I love what they did offensively against Oklahoma besides the turnover. So I agree with you. Take care of the ball, create some turnovers, and I think you can get it done. Who's going to be the breakout star in the last regular season game of the year, Johnny? Oh, man, I really wanted to go Max Tooley just because I love him, and I think you're going to have to have a defense uh, step up. Mm. I'm actually going to go Jake Ratzlav, though. Okay. I actually think he's going to give us something tasty to hold on to. I think BYU lose, but I think we go out with that <laughs> glimmer of hope like, yes, it's going to be an exciting eight months until football or nine months until football's back. <laughs> I think he steps up. I think he, he shows us what he's got and, and leads us to a close loss. I have to say, <laughs> what you said last week, you, you said – Against Oklahoma, I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think BYU loses. Well, you, your yeah. prediction was true. I was thinking about those predictions. I think I was wrong on actually two. I said BYU would get more than three fifty, but I I didn't expect our defense to play as well as we did. Yeah, and and I thought most of our yards were actually going to come in the air. So I was I was a little wrong there. I'll take some credit yeah. for it, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope I hope so, but. Oklahoma State also playing for something, too, so yeah, it's, it's not it's like true. they're just going to roll over. Yeah, agreed. Who do you want it to be? Uh, I'm going to say it's Aiden Robbins. Uh, Oklahoma State is giving up nearly five r- yards of rush on the ground, so keep feeding it to this guy. Keep giving this guy opportunities to run all over Oklahoma State. Maybe give him a reason to come back next season. I know that late la- or, or earlier last week, uh, he was interviewed, and they said, "Are you coming back next season?" He goes, "Well, we'll just kind of see. You know, we're gonna we're gonna wait and see how this all turns out, and maybe this gives him, maybe these last two games gives him the oomph to say, yeah, I want to come back next year because they actually do care about me and they do want me to run the ball, and they uh, I'm part of a good rushing attack. I I think there might be something there, so I'm gonna say Aiden Robbins. He really showed us a lot in that in that last game that he can do really good things when he's healthy. We love you, Aiden. Please come back." Please. I love that guy's size. Oh, my gosh. He was so much fun to watch against Oklahoma. I'm like, that is what he can do healthy. That is the 1,000-yard rusher that we we knew that was in there somewhere. So fun to watch. I want it to be Isaac Rex. That's who I want it to be. I think he has the potential to be one of the best tight ends in the country. He has the size and skills to make it to the next level. Let the kids shine. We've seen a game here or there, Arkansas being one, where Rex got a few touches, credible catches. But I want him to steal the show. He's such a weapon for BYU, and I think he's been underutilized this season grossly. I truly, truly do. I, I there's been so many times I'm watching, I'm like, throw it to Rex, and I, I just, I, I think he's so good. This is kind of his last chance. He's probably going to try and make it to the next level. Give the guy the ball. What's your confidence level with Retzlaff playing on the road in Stillwater this weekend, Johnny? Uh, I think he's a pretty confident guy. Yeah. So. 
if if my confidence doesn't really matter, it's his confidence. Yeah. But I, I'm probably 50-50 from a fan perspective. Yeah. I just kind of put my money where my mouth is and said he's going to be the player of the game. So right. maybe I should be more than 50-50. But <laughs> I, I do think – I think Oklahoma State's going to try and stop the run mm-hmm. and force us to throw. And I think that is actually going to open up more running lanes for Jake. So I think he's explosive running. But I also don't think you can never go broke taking a profit. And that's part of the problem, I think, with BYU's air attack is they they go for all or nothing. It's either a long shot or it's into the flat. And I think we just need to utilize Isaac Ricks, utilize the the slants a little bit more, the middle of the field. Because it feels often at times that middle of the field is just a big hole. And if you run Mm -hmm. there, you're going to fall off. So we're throwing to the sideline, and that's such a small window, and you're not making those plays. So I hope we just kind of chip down the field, chip down the field. And then if Chase is open, throw him a bomb, right? Cody's open, throw him a bomb. But if Aiden can't get it going, I think Jake's going to need to step up. I think he does, but I'm still skeptical. How about that dump to Isaac Rex? (laughs) For the touchdown against Oklahoma. That was crazy. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. So Harvey Longy was up on the set with us, <laughs> and he goes, I guarantee they drew that play in the sand. Like, that was not, that was absolutely not what they were supposed to be doing. Or he, like, wrote it on his chest, like, hey, guys, this is the play we're going to do. But, hey, it worked, right? And I think that's one cool thing about Jake Rett's laugh is he's he's kind of scrappy, he's gritty, and he's like, oh, there's Isaac Rex, let's toss it to him. But even, like, Isaac, he, he won a yeah, – it should have been P.I., let's be yeah. real. There was no, that one sure. earlier in the game and I, or early in the second half. I think Isaac's really similar to Travis Kelsey. Like, how is this guy always open? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's blazingly fast or even, like, that massive. Yeah. But he's always open, always going to get his hands on the ball. So you're right. I think we do need to find him more. Yeah. What's your confidence level in Rhett's laugh? I'm going to say somewhat confident. Uh, I know he started three games, and we've seen some good things out of him, but I I still expect mistakes. This is going to be his second road game. That first road game didn't turn out too well at West Virginia. Um, The stadium, Pickens Stadium there at Oklahoma State, those fans are really close to the field. So I'm going to be interested to see how not just Jake, but the rest of the team handles this kind of bandbox type of place where BYU is going to play. So I'm somewhat confident. I still expect him to make some mistakes. So I, I, I'm I, my, I'm not full bore confident in the, in him just as of yet. I'm confident in him, and I'm, I'm with Johnny. It's his confidence that matters, and I think that he he comes across as a very confident guy. I actually liked how he came in against West Virginia. I think he, he could move the ball. They just couldn't score. Uh, I, I think he's going to do well. I see him doing well. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I, I have confidence in him him in Stillwater. Guy, let's play uh, buy or sell. The first one is Jake Retzlaff is the guy to lead the Cougars in the year two of the Big 12. Johnny, what do you think? Are you buying it or selling it? Well, do I get to see the other options? <laughs> or are <laughs> nope. we just going with the current roster? Your other options are Cade Finnegan. Oh man, and, uh, he follows Ryder. me on Twitter. Yeah. I like Cade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very low. And Ryder bar. Burton is that the other? Is that the third string? He, he yeah. could act. He could actually be a bowler. He could be. Yeah, he he could be. I think I think I'm going to sell this. I love Jake. I think BYU is going to have to go hunting in the transfer portal and see what else is out there. I just don't know if Jake's got the arm talent, quite frankly. Uh, but his mindset, everything else, absolutely. I'm still You're a bit TBD, it. so I have to sell. But without any other options, I wouldn't mind if he's leading the Cougs. I just think this last year, I heard the rumors that we we obviously got like Slovis. I th- I yeah. heard DJ Uangalale from Oregon State. I yeah. heard was like <laughs> potentially wanting to come to BYU. I know the Notre Dame guy last year who carved us up was again potentially considering yeah. BYU. So I think BYU should go and and kind of see what options they have out there. But if if they come back and they say, hey, Jake's 
the guy for us, I'm not going to be upset by that. What do you think, Liam? I, I'm kind of with Johnny here. I see the potential, but I'm not sure I'm ready to just say, yes, Jake, take us to the promised land. I, I want to see this whole thing play out. I want to see whether it's the transfer portal or just see how other quarterbacks do in spring ball. Maybe you can take this to fall camp. I know there are benefits to naming a starting quarterback way before the season starts because you give that guy confidence. You have a nice pecking order. But in this situation, I think you just let things play out and just kind of keep things open and just see where what, what happens. See what happens. I, I'm not ready to just uh, hand the reins over to Jake as of yet. I'm buying it depending on what I see against Oklahoma State. That really is it. If he can come out and do something, because, I mean, this is, is there even a greater test than the last game of the season against a, a top 25-ranked team that's trying to make it to the Big 12 championship? That's going to be a really, really tough game for him in a tough environment. If he can come in there and handle himself – then I'm, then I'm all in on him. I'm going to buy it. All right, number two, BYU keeps it close with Oklahoma State. Cleon, what do you think? Can I put it on layaway? Do no. they still do layaway anymore? Is, <laughs> no. that, is that a thing? That's not a thing? Okay. Uh, I'm I'm not there yet. I, I'm going to say sell. I think it could be close for three quarters, and then I think Oklahoma State, if they have their running game going, if they have a lead and Ollie, Gordon, the, Ollie Gordon's just running all over them, then it could get ugly and it could be I, – I think the final score is going to be Oklahoma State by 14 or 17 points. Mm, you're going with Vegas. What yes. do you think? Well, I'm buying this. I think it's another one-score game. Uh, and, yeah, really hope <laughs> BYU yeah. is competitive because I could see the, the gates being completely blown open. But, man, as a player, I actually enjoyed – not a knock on the home fans at all. I actually enjoyed playing away more. Mm. It's actually super fun. You feel like you're like a gladiator going, and everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, and they, like, hate you. And it's super fun. So some of the f- most fun games – if that even is grammatically correct. Some of the funnest uh, was at Utah. I think most fun was actually the grammatical. Most fun, I, yeah, I knew funnest was wrong. Utah was actually <laughs> really fun, even though we played there once and, and lost on that two-point conversion with Taysom. It was actually really fun because the animosity, the fans, they're chattering, you're chattering back. It's super fun. I actually love that. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping that the BYU team takes that energy, they take that underdog mentality, and they keep it close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say they're going to win. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to buy it because there's no reason after what we saw against Oklahoma that they can't do the same thing against Oklahoma State. You can't let them run away with it. That was the scary thing against Oklahoma. I'm like, oh, please don't. If they, you know, they get one or two in a row and then it's just gone. It's just gone. The game's gone. And I think that's going to be the same thing against Oklahoma State. If they can keep it close, then they can keep it close. (laughs) Again, I can't say they're going to win it, but I think think they can keep it a one-score game. Okay, the last one is... By yourself, BYU's first season in the Big 12 should be considered a success. Cleon, what do you think? Sell for now. Okay. I will say sell for now. If we're, if we're, and, and I guess I needed maybe a little clarification. Are we just talking the conference season? Sure. Okay. Well, if we're talking the con- conference season, then I'm going to say sell. Uh, the best the Cougars can finish is three and six. More than likely two and seven if they lose. So. They'll have lost, as you mentioned, they've already lost all of their road games this season. That's that's kind of depressing. I, I was hoping for at least four and five, so only a one game, you, you know, over three and six, only a one game improvement. I was hoping for four and five, maybe five and four on the real positive side of things, but 
and maybe I'm not taking a lot of factors into my, you know, what, what I thought the record would be, but I thought they'd be better against teams like Iowa State and West Virginia. At least that was my prediction coming into the season. Those are two good teams, two solid teams in the Big 12. BYU needs to learn how to play against good, solid teams and beat them, not just get up for your Texases and your Oklahomas, which, by the way, are leaving. But, I mean, you got to get up for those games week in and week out, and I... I just I'm not sure they're there yet, so I'm going to say sell on whether this was a successful season. Johnny, sell. It's been a disappointing season. It's been a bad season. It's been a horrific season. <laughs> the results have been kind of expected, though. Like let, yep. let, let's bring yep. it back a little bit. But the way that we've lost has got me selling this all day long. Yeah, it would be a completely different story if BYU was five and six and they'd kept some of these games close. The fact that they're five and six and have been completely embarrassed on the national stage, it's been really disappointing. They can change that with a win yeah. this weekend, but up to, yeah, point to date, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. I'm going to sell it because because I expected the offense specifically to be so much better this season than they were. That was the most disappointing part, I feel like, of, of the entire season. However, if they beat Oklahoma State, I'm going to bite because we said at the very beginning of the season, if BYU goes to a bowl game, it's a successful season. If they win against Oklahoma State, they're going to a bowl game. So, uh, yeah, as of right this second, I'm going to sell. If they beat Oklahoma State, I'm buying it because that means they get to go to a bowl game. Can I hear, let me, Real quick question. Would you feel differently, no matter what happens this weekend, would you feel differently if BYU still had the same record if they had played – some of those games closer. Maybe you take Texas out of there, but like I'll go back to the West Virginia and Iowa State games. If they had played those teams closer and you saw some glimmer of hope, would that change your thought on whether this was a successful season or not? Because if we, I would say yes. I think that the, I look at the record, maybe I'm amending what I'm saying. I look at the record, but I also look and say, man, they just didn't look like they were competing in some of those games. Mm-hmm. Or it didn't feel like it. I know they were competing, but it just, it felt like, you just had no hope, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so I, I'd say I would feel differently about a three and six season if they had played better in those games. But because they got blown out in two straight games to West Virginia and Iowa State, again, good teams but not great teams, that's where I'm I'm like on the success line I'm falling more towards. Yeah. No, I don't see it as a successful season. Would it change for you, Johnny? No, it abso- they made them abso- close? absolutely would. I think, I think you just yeah had to beat Iowa State at home. Yeah. And the fact that that was a loss in the way that it was. I mean, to me, that's the worst loss since I've been a BYU fan, which is not very long, but that's even worse than UMass in 2017, <laughs> honestly. I know that was at home, but the whole thing, the fact that there were like 13 people there by the end of the game, and I was one of them, not virtue signaling, but just because what else was I going to do? <laughs> it was just embarrassing. They should have left the yeah. fire dancers at home, called an audible, <laughs> and said, we're not doing it this week. We're going to bring out some punt pass kick competition instead. But I think you have such a great opportunity. Which you, of course, would have entered. When, when teams, yes, and won. <laughs> when teams come here and we don't put on a show. Yeah. Oh, man, it's super disappointing. I know there's recency bias there, but that loss, that in and of itself has swayed my opinion on the season, and it's really disappointing because the way we lost was awful. They're all about protecting Lavelle's house, and they absolutely did not do that. And it was, get some new cleats, you guys. Come on. And hope I think they did, right? I think that actually happened. I mean, you, you still saw like Cody slipped and almost created a pick because it would have been right in his hands. Uh. I don't know what's happening with the grass, but... That's all right. Well, grass is better than turf. 
Well, good luck in Stillwater, BYU <laughs> Cougars. We're all rooting for you. All right, guys, that does it for us today. Thanks again to Cleon Wall and Johnny Linehan for coming on the show with me. Carter Bond and Tori Kimball helped produce this episode. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.